This is a Crib Room podcast. Hear from Worthy Parts Managing Director Michael Worthington as he chats about what's happening in the workshop. Another Industry Link Media podcast for you. It is the Crib Room, but look, today's a little bit different. Uh, we're taking a little bit more of a focus on our own business, which we do from time to time. And if you'd like Industry Link Media to come and have a look at your business, maybe conduct a podcast internally for yourselves. Maybe, you never know. It could be a bit of a laugh. could be something serious. It could be a way of telling your own business story. Get in touch with us at industrylinkmedia.com. With us today, as we mentioned at the start, is Michael Worthington for our own Worthy Parts podcast. Michael, good to see you. Good to see you back behind a microphone. Things are going rather well in this sort of digital space at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, appreciate it, Glennie. Good to be back here. Obviously, it's been a couple of months since we did our last one. Since then, I've probably been knuckling down and hiding out in the background, just trying to focus on the business and get some structures and systems in place. Now, you, to, for this particular podcast, we, we sort of concentrate on the business, but you came to me the other day with a bit of an idea. You say, look, we're due for another podcast. Uh, I want to do things just a little bit differently. Yeah, I probably want everyone to get to know the team a little bit more. I'm obviously a bit more comfortable behind the mic or in front of a camera, but I, I want it to be less about me and more about the team. So we've got some good guys that I, I want to get their true personality to be out there and about and see if we can hear them talk. Now for those who are familiar with our sales team, uh, joining us on the podcast today we've got uh, Patrick Birmingham who's a good talker, uh, Blaine Wilson whose name gets thrown around a little bit differently from time to time which you'll find out a bit more in the podcast and also Rick Butterfield who's uh, come through the ranks you could say through, through Worthy Parts so it's a great little way to get to know the team inside the team. Yeah, definitely. And those three guys I've had a lot to do with over the years, um, but they really live and breathe what Worthy Parts is all about. Uh, There's obviously some other guys in our team down in Perth that we'll also try and get to know, Uh, but this is a good opportunity to hear from those three boys and and really hear them bounce off each other. You're going to find out more in a few minutes about it, but uh, have you ever heard something for Blaine being called something else? Surely there's there's a name out there. That, there's Brain, so many. Wayne, yeah. uh, Blake, Blade. Yeah, he gets it all on a daily almost. I reckon our podcast would be a bit shorter as well if Pato wasn't involved. <laughs> yeah, but that's the that's the best thing about Pato. He's uh, definitely an old school salesman. Over the phone, he does his best work over the phone. It's just his, uh, his follow-up. He's a bit of a hurricane. And you'll get to know Rick. Uh, is he a bit of a joke? Rick, behind the scenes? Uh, yeah, you got to get to know Rick. Yeah, Rick comes across quite serious, but you just got to know how to handle Rick. Because you will definitely know that Rick is a father with one of his dad jokes that he throws in. Hey, enjoy this one. This is the Worthy Parts team. We've got Blaine, we've got Rick, and we've got Pato joining you in the Crib Room. This is a Crib Room podcast. So, Blaine, first of all, just tell us a bit about yourself and your role here at Worthy Parts. Uh, yeah, so Blaine Wilson is my name, not, uh, not Brian or Blair or... Brain is the one I get most of the time. Um, the Goldfields area manager here for Worthy Parts in and Kalgoorlie. Uh, Patrick? Uh, Pat Birmingham. I've been here for about three years. I'm a plant equipment manager at Worthy Parts, so I'm concentrating on the asset disposal type arm of Worthy Parts at the moment, which is a bit of a new role. And Rick? Yeah, Rick Butterfield. Um, started about two and a half years ago with Worthy Parts as a workshop manager, and last six months I've moved into the Goldfield sales area, so enjoying it. Tell us a bit more about your career, Rick. Uh, well, my mining career, I started with Michael Worthington actually at Force Equipment. I was his apprentice there maybe 10 years ago. Uh, moved out onto mine sites for a little bit and then uh, now I've come back in and working for him here. So, What do you enjoy about the mining industry? 
<laughs> I couldn't tell you, mate. <laughs> it's, it's a job, mate. It keeps me in a job. I, I was a cabinet maker when I was first in Kalgoorlie, and then uh, I seen the big mine there of uh, Casey Gem Super Pit, and thought, may as well get into mining if I'm in this town, and I've stuck with it. Over to you, Blaine, and tell us a bit more on your career and where it all started off for you. Uh, yeah, so I got offered a job from Michael, actually, when he was a boss at Force. Uh, I think I was 15 at the time. I actually wanted to be a chippy my whole uh, high school years, but uh, he talked me into getting a, a trade uh, as a heavy-duty diesel mechanic, and then um, I saved up a bit of coin for my whole apprenticeship, went off to Gold Coast, blew it all in about 12 months. <laughs> And then uh, moved back. I worked for Murray's for a year, and now I've been with Worthy Parts for about near on seven. So. And what is it that drew you back to the mining industry after the bright lights of the Gold Coast? I had to be the money. <laughs> good, good money in mining, and uh, I blew it all in the Gold Coast. So, yeah, dragged me back. Patrick, let's go back to your apprenticeship. I think that's when you first come across Michael in a working capacity. Yeah, I, um, I started my apprenticeship at uh, JR Engineering, it was at the time, with uh, Michael. And... Um, I've done about two years of that and then transferred that apprenticeship into the Royal Australian Navy as a marine technician. Uh, I then done seven years there and um, always kept in contact with Michael. And then um, the opportunity come up when I'd done my time in the Navy to come back to Kalgoorlie and work with Michael at Force Equipment um, as a tradesman. And these two were apprentices under me at one stage or another so mm. the industry can blame me for any bad habits that they may have yeah. <laughs> acquired yeah. I, did, I didn't take in much when uh, he <laughs> no. was trying so, um, to show me the ropes the plugs, you know, when Paddy's talking. <laughs> so that's pretty much um, where, how I come to be back in Kalgoorlie after my time in the military and um, yeah I haven't really left since and out of that military experience what brought you back to the mining industry the same as these two clowns, money, pretty much. <laughs> it's just an opportunity of, um, I'd done my time in the Navy and the, there was a bit of a mining boom on it at the time, so it was, uh, it was a great opportunity to get into the industry and, um, yeah, it was a good move. Rick, what's your favourite machine to work on? Is there something from your force days that still mm. resonates with you? Yeah, there was a, I did like the Cat 2900s, but um, now my probably preferred machine would be uh, the MT6020s. And why the MT over the, the Atlas? Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure why I jumped over it. Just the last few years when I was on site, there was it was Atlas trucks, so and that, that they were good to work on and easy, and yeah, I, I just really enjoyed it. Yeah. What about for you, Patrick? Um, the bigger year, 988s and 992s for me. Because when you're on shift and you know you take a cab off or a bucket off, it looks like a big job's been done. <laughs> <laughs> big parts win ass. Yeah. That's what big parts win ass. That's what the guys say. So, yeah, it was always good to make a shift look like you've done a lot of work by taking a cab off or taking a bucket <laughs> off. So, yeah, no, the bigger gear was always my favourite at the time. <laughs> and for you, Blaine? Mine would have to be, from the Force days, probably that Bell 50 truck. Do you remember? <laughs> still. It's in Boulder, apparently. No, yeah. it's over in West Kagoolian FDA. Oh, there it? you go. Yeah. yeah, that thing just wouldn't die. It was that a was... V8 petrol. <laughs> it was a V8 petrol Bell truck. That you, had to, you had to lean over like the cab bar there to pull on the uh, accelerator cable to actually get it going so yeah it's a bit <laughs> of a poor prospect he bought it from an auction <laughs> and he asked us to do it up and then his bill come to 50 grand and his truck would have been worth about 12. Do, do you have those sorts of memories where you did, you know you must have worked on a lot of machines between all three of you that you come back and go geez i remember that one it was an absolute pig of a job or there was another one that was just geez I, I don't know how i did it but i managed to get it up and running yeah there has to be one when me and butty went up to cliff's yeah. nickel uh, 
we got told it was a two-day job just to go up there and check out an overheating fold on a 2900. Um, what were you, second year or something? Yeah, I yeah, just that, got signed off as a tradesman. They thought I was, I was a tradie, but I, I, think I, was, <laughs> I think I was, <laughs> I was 18 and obviously he was like 25 and uh, they were going up to him asking all the questions and he was like, yeah. No don't idea, know what mate. you're talking don't about, Kill us a tradie. They're like, surely not this little skinny kid over here. <laughs> but um, we, went, we ended up being there for 10 days, I think. We only took up two two pairs of uh, jocks and everything. So <laughs> It was basically a midlife what? rebuild we did on it. Jeez. And for you, Pato, is there something that comes back to your mind, apart from old mate and his petrol tractor? Um, Black buck-ups in his third fourth year. <laughs> he had plenty of them. Um, what about uh, some plug you left out? Had a couple. Had a couple. Uh, that, was, <laughs> that was a lot earlier. Um, but, nah, look, well, we had great times in the Force equipment days. Um, we had a great... We had a great CEO of Force at the time and general manager. We had uh, Jason Johns, who was great to work with. Uh, Richard McGar, he was great to work with. There was a really good culture at Force equipment at the time. Uh, this was just before we had our new workshop built there. And um, Luke Hurley's another fitter that was with us for a long time. And yeah, we had a good crew there. We had a really good crew yeah. there. And we had a, before the new workshop was built, we had facilities, but we made it work. And um, yeah, we had a really good time there at Force for my six or seven years there. Blaine or Brian? Uh, Brain? What are, we, what are we referring you to? <laughs> Blaine would do, yeah, if, you, uh, if just, you can. Just, yeah. First of all, just go into some of those stories. It's just what you get called, because Blaine's not your ordinary name, really. Well, it is well, your I'm... ordinary name, but it's <laughs> Come it's on, Glennie, switch on, mate. <laughs> it's, it's not an ordinary name that people probably associate with, I suppose, no, when you're dealing with people in the mining industry and they've been around, a, I don't know, a, an air leg for a while. Yeah, well, if you come up with Brain instead of Blaine, then, yeah, it's a very... Yeah, it's not an ordinary, ordinary name at all. But um, I get uh, heckled a fair bit within the Worthy Parts team. You know, if someone gets my name wrong, I've got to owe like a six-pack of beers. And it become that uh, often, probably once, twice a day, that it's just I can't keep up supplying that much piss. So <laughs> it's actually, yeah, it's, in emails I get Blair and Brian a lot. And then over the phone I get Wade, Brain, Blade. <laughs> it's out of control. Yeah. I've been confused for a Gary or a Graham before, but um, yeah, I yeah. Made, in probably the six months I've been around you guys, I don't think I've seen more uh, names that have been wrong than yours. No, no, not at all. <laughs> it's a great record to have. Um, <laughs> what gives you the motivation to get to work every day? Oh, matey, I struggle to get out of bed to get get to work every day. I'm more of I'm not a morning person at all, but I uh, I pretty much. <laughs> what are you laughing at? It's me? more like afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. I'm an afternoon guy. I'll <laughs> hang around late, that's for sure. But um, yeah, I think uh, just it's a good environment here at Worthy Pass. Good team of blokes, so that probably gets me out of bed every day. Does it frustrate you, Rick? Because you sit pretty close to him. That um, he doesn't really switch on until after the uh, the little hand gets to the top. No, no, no. So Blaine's my cousin, so I'm used to it. I know what he's like. He's he's a bit tired during the day and. <laughs> plays up at night so <laughs> that's how it works <laughs> what about your motivation rick uh probably the elbow i get off the missus to get up and go to bed go to work i suppose so yeah is that after a snooze or is you know is that after a press of the snooze alarm it's an elbow or a couple of times yeah yes yeah, there's constant snoozers yeah i don't hear it i'll just yeah. <laughs> flick over and she's like turn that thing off get out of bed <laughs> <laughs> pato i don't think you go to bed is that right or oh yeah I get up pretty early. Uh, I get up pretty early in the mornings. I'm um, I'm not much of a sleeper. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I 
I yeah, enjoy who, coming. Who likes sleep anyway? I don't yeah. know how you do it. Eh? <laughs> no, I'm just not like these two tired cats at all. But um, <laughs> no, nah, I I enjoy coming to work. I'm a I'm a busy sort of person. I like to keep busy whether whether it's with uh, hobbies that I have or worthy parts. I like to keep busy. I enjoy I enjoy the sales game. So um, yeah, I, I I enjoy coming to work. You've been in the military, and that's obviously a very stringent, regulated sort of environment. The mining industry has yep. its regulations as well. What would you change about the mining industry? Well, it's funny, the regulations that I was under in the military and the Navy, it was like, you've got to be here, 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 these these times and these dates. And the second I got out of there, I just dropped all of that. I'm nearly late to every meeting that I'm at, and I've just um, I've appreciated the, uh, the, the lax atmosphere outside of military life. So, um, yeah. But what would you change with the mining <laughs> industry? What would I change with the mining industry? Rocking up on time. Nah, um, the mining industry is regulated for a reason, you know, look, it's probably over-regulated in some circumstances, but, um, what would I change? Yeah, I I couldn't nail anything down for you. Rick, anything you'd change? Um, no, not really. It's all been pretty well done by, by the people through the 80s and 90s, I suppose. They've stole all the... All the markets, so we, we oh, can't actually, really sneak. Sandvik changing their drive lines on their machines. <laughs> it drives me mad. Stick to one. <laughs> yeah, stick, stick to stick one. Stick to one. Cat does a good job. You, know, you get a wheel in from a 5TW all the way through to a JLK. You j- just stick to one. Spice it a Kesler. drives me mad. Blaine, have you ever been working on a machine you think you could do it better, or is there something in the mining industry that's tickled oh, your pickle? Every time. Working underground, you always, uh, if you're in a tight spot or something, trying to get a component out, you always mm. think... Who designed this? Who designed this, this yeah. or who, yeah. There's there's definitely questionable uh, designs on the underground stuff, but, yeah, I suppose it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, they've done a good job, but yeah, keeps us in the game now. Uh, Pato, you've just learned that they're making a movie about you. Who would you have if you were casting roles? Who would you like to play you? <sighs> As an actor? As an actor, yeah. It could be anyone you like. Uh, I'll probably throw a character. Not an actor, uh, Michael Scott from The Office. I reckon he'd do. I reckon he'd do a good mate. Yeah. Uh, what about you boys? Do you think there'd be someone out there who could probably play Pato better than that? Oh jeez. Have at it. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I'll think of something after the yeah. podcast, probably, and bring that one back. Yourself, yeah. Bring that one back. Rick, who would, who would you like to see take on the role of Rick Butterfield? I'd like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, oh, but I was um, say Wolverine too. But uh, I'll probably get Uncle Fester from Adam Family. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and Rowan Atkinson over here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if you're going to say that, I'll finish the project. <laughs> I was going to say a bit of a Matt McConaughey. Mm. Oh, yeah, there mm. it is. Yeah. <laughs> you got the nose. <laughs> yeah, there you go. W- would it be Rowan Atkinson as Mr. Bean or Rowan Atkinson as someone out of oh, Monty Python? Just Mr. Mr. Bean every other week. That's pretty impressive, getting POs without even talking. <laughs> Into his empty beer there. Oh. <laughs> Rick, what's the biggest change you've gone through in the last ten years? Uh, probably family, kids. Kids has been the biggest thing in the last ten years um, in my life. That is so. Yeah. I think we'd all be in the same boat with that one. Yeah. Yeah. Better. Yeah. Kids. Pretty much the same. Yeah. Birth of my daughter Stella changed our lives. Um, it's you go from being a. Uh, a pretty selfish person to a uh, yeah you got someone else to look after and look forward to in your life so um 
I'm still yeah. a pretty selfish person, but <laughs> I went from uh, gold bar three or four times a week to getting woken up three or four times a night now. So <laughs> that's the biggest change, yeah. So two kids, two kids, yeah. yeah okay, we'll, yeah. we'll put that one in there for you as well. You got a go-to joke up your sleeve. You're all dads now, so is there a dad joke? Is there something that you know you just want to cut the ice when you're off to see a client or you see someone? You need to strike up a conversation with you. Do you want to have a bit of a giggle? Come on, Pato. Oh, I'll it's leave this be... one to Pato. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be you, Pato. <laughs> I'm more of a, just a smart-ass, but he, he'd have something up his sleeve. No, I'm not sure if I do, just off the cuff. Why didn't six like seven? Why? Because seven, eight, nine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 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 I'll try the veal here all week. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> I wouldn't tell anyone else. Well, it's out there now, mate. <laughs> listen up. For the whole world to listen to. <laughs> Some advice that's resonated with you, Blaine, whether it be personal advice that's been given to you from someone uh, very close to you or some professional advice from a boss over the years, maybe something when you were doing your trade. Uh, I'll probably have to go with the one. I did a sort of financial course thing in Perth one time and uh, they said take advice from someone where you want to be because I think the whole, you know, childhood getting told... You buy a house, pay it off, and that's it. That's the Australian dream. Dream, but um, no, it's definitely not like that. I don't want to start investing in property and sort of go go down that line for sure. Pato, some advice? Yeah, it's the one thing that resonated with me was um, when I was told to happily take advice from anyone that's willing willing to offer it, but be selective in who you take it from. Essentially, not, not to still <laughs> too much of plain thunder, but yeah, just to uh, be open to everybody's point of view and everybody's opinions and. Um, Make your decisions after that. Rick? Probably just uh, truth and honesty. I like to stick by that, and that's uh, one of the ways I, I live my life. Some some good responses there to some questions, but now we move those out of the way. They were just to warm you up a little bit to get in front of the microphone, although sometimes I don't believe that you need that warming up. But some, some typical office banter that goes around, and... Um just seeing how you boys operate on a, on a daily basis. There's always a deal on the line. There's always something that's happening. Blaine, how do you go working with Pato and what is it that probably frustrates you the most about him? How much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a whole other podcast, that yeah, one. Yeah, 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 <laughs> it is. Um, no, nah, look, I think it's I think it's good, especially, you know, the sales team with Worthy Parts. Everyone really cares about, you know, getting that sale and sort of just not, I was going to say, dog, but <laughs> probably, probably, should, <laughs> probably shouldn't say that. But um, pull the piss. Nah, the 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 one thing with Pato, he'd know this as well. Is just he's like a hurricane. Just he's he's really good on the phone and, and gets sort of sales done all the time. But the paperwork, the follow up, the yeah, it's it's pretty. There's a smirk on his face now, but it's definitely uh, one that grinds my gears. <laughs> And for you, Rick, working with Blaine, you work very closely together. There's a, just a small little wall that divides you, but there was a bit more open plan previously. But how does that go for you? Um, quite easy, actually. I don't have any issues with Blaine, except for maybe he's, he's really good at his job and it grinds my gears a little bit because <laughs> it uh, gets a bit frustrating when you're not up to that level. <laughs> but, uh, no, he's, he's, he's brilliant at his job and Thanks, it's... Rick. it's it shows by why he's the uh, area manager now. So, and yeah. before we do this whole full three hundred and sixty, because that's all the the, uh, the the go these days in these sorts of team breakdowns. Pato, to you, uh, uh, working with probably both of these boys, you can give us a little something. Rick's good; he can get angry from time to time. So that's his, um, his angry little ant. We like to call him from time to time. But um, no, Rick's good when you're on his good side. It's, 
<laughs> Smooth sailing. You don't want to get on that other side? Because uh, he was snake out. Blano. God, I struggle Kill. to pot him. I really do struggle to pot him too much. Uh, I'm a bit, yeah, I'm a bit of a, um, I'm, with the travel that I do and the role that I do, I do leave a bit of a uh, paperwork whitewash in my way. <laughs> it's probably the nicest way to say it. And Blaine, uh, he gives me a hand to mop up a lot of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's no, it's a good little team we've got together, and uh, I think it works well. And you've been here in Cal, you've been in the, the Perth office as well. The different dynamic is the fact that you can probably be here in the mining industry in the Kalgoorlie region. In Perth, you're probably doing a lot more business on the phone. How's the difference in that sort of position for you? I find Kalgoorlie to be a million miles an hour, and uh, it's a completely different dynamic. The majority of our stock here at, at present, we've only just started our Perth workshop, so the majority of our stock here is in Kalgoorlie, um, our parts, our machines, everything's in Kalgoorlie, so the load really does rest on this branch, and um, the Perth branch is a great extension, uh, it'll become its own entity in good time, and it's it's already kicked off, but um, I find, I'm not going to say that working in Perth's easier than working in Kalgoorlie, but in Kalgoorlie, your head spins around backwards with the, the stock that we've got, um, the deals we've got with local mining companies, and you just got to look at the amount of gold mining companies in the area of the gold fields itself that we have to service, and you can see why the guys here get under pressure. But in Kalgoorlie, it's more of a uh, sorry in Perth, it's more of a it's more of a prospecting branch, really. You know, you can um, you can launch some new clients from the Perth branch, and that's been working pretty well. Uh, but Kalgoorlie is just absolutely full on with the the sector we have to Break look down. after. Yeah, yeah. And, and Rick, just probably a bit more on that, just talking a bit more about the machinery that's here and, and, and what is on offer direct to the client, I suppose. Within our yard here, yeah. well, we've, we've got a bit going on in the yard at the moment. There's, um, well, we've got a range of Sandvik drills, Atlas drills, Sandvik trucks, Atlas trucks. A uh, couple of 29 boggers. Yeah, cat boggers. There's, there's yard's actually overflowing at the moment. Choppers with machines. <laughs> it's good, yeah. but uh, yard space is one thing we battle with on a day-to-day basis. Even up yeah. to new markets at the moment that we're that we're starting to step into with the 994s and WA 900s and 900-3 EOs. So mm. we're starting to get into that bigger surface type stuff that we're getting in the yard now. And Bit of new up. ground for yeah. us, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yep. And Blaine, you've been working with Michael, who's the managing director. You've been working pretty closely with him on different business models and, and where we sit at the moment, where the parts probably wasn't going down that original track, but now we've got the, the wrecking side of things, the dismantling and all those sorts of parts that are already available for people to come and grab. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the nuts and bolts side of where the parts really took off, really, because uh, like like Pato said, in Kalgoorlie, there's, what, 50 mines surrounding just Kalgoorlie and the goldfields uh, all here. So we get constant breakdown calls, night, day, weekends. Uh, so that's where we try and come in and service those end users with all the all the parts we're stocking here in Kalgoorlie, yeah. And people are out there looking, aren't they? They're looking at 24-7. It's such a dynamic industry, and, and no doubt it's growing as well. We're seeing a lot of exploration happening. Um, but, but people are in that notion these days in the mining industry, which is where Worthy Parts came from, and, and the, the whole design of it is that we need to get production back up as soon as possible. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's the end of the day. You just need to keep those machines moving on site. That's what they, they care about, and we just try to service that as best we can. Yeah. What's the machine on the go at the moment? What's something out there that's uh, very popular that you've been getting a lot of phone calls on? Uh, we've got probably three machines at the moment, the DD420 Sandvik uh, Jumbos. We've got two of those available. 
the 2900 JLK, you know, those three machines, they're pretty much ready to go straight to work, to be honest. Um, and then we had the, we got an R1700 ADX-Z also coming up as well, so... Pato, for you, you've just enveloped a new role which has uh, come through the business as well. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, so the asset disposal side is a it was a it was a sort of hole that we had in our business that we were asked to we were asked to sort of accommodate uh, a facility there for mine sites that were looking to get rid of their gear, get their parked up gear off site. And um, what we've essentially done, we've offered a, we've got a range of solutions now that we can offer mining companies in regards to package deals to come in as we have done in the last six to 12 months and purchase 15 to 20 machines off a company with their inventory uh, or sell their gear on consignment. So that's been that's been um, really good for us. It's it's keeping us nice and busy. Um, I'm, I'm on the road a lot now, sort of selling that part of Worthy Parts. And um, yeah, it's it's something that's got a lot of potential and it allows us to, <coughs> pardon me, to help our clients. A lot of a lot of people like to go on site and say, hey, I'll grab that marquee piece of machinery right there that's parked up and they want to leave everything else where we've been able to come in and offer a solution where with our network that we have with Worthy Parts, we can come in, provide an offer for everything, parts, inventory, all the machines, even, even the scrap to help help mine sites get this stuff off. And then from there, um, use, our, use our market that we currently have at Worthy Parts and that we've, and that we've grown over the years to either wreck those machines, scrap those machines, or sell them complete. So it's sort of using the other arms of the business that we already have and um, putting, to, putting them to their full potential. You can understand why he's on the phone all day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> boys, we'll wrap up our podcast. We've gone a little longer than what we normally do, but just a final word on probably where we sit as, at the moment in the mining industry. We're seeing a lot of uh, positivity out of the gold price. We've had another jump up in the last uh, 24 hours since recording this podcast, about $60 US per ounce. So we're at some really good prices. Blaine, how are you finding things out in the market? It's a tough one at the moment. Uh, it is good with the gold price and especially the iron ore and everything going up as well. But um, with the COVID situation as well, it's sort of muddied the waters with everyone's ramping up, but a little bit iffy on pulling triggers on certain things. So yeah, it's still still pretty competitive. Try to get a sale and trying to help a customer out. Um, but yeah, it, the mining industry in a whole is is going nuts. Pedro, you're finding with your assets role that there's people who are probably in that sort of same position. They probably want to update their fleet, but they're just holding back a little bit. Yeah, somewhat. Um, as far as asset disposal goes, the market's always there for that. But I think we're in a pretty healthy situation, especially being in WA. For now, we're shielded somewhat with the COVID problem. But um, I've I've got a fair amount of positive, you know, energy about the next 12 months. And, and Rick, you're finding the same, I suppose? Pretty pretty healthy here in WA, so we're looking good. Good on you, lads. Have you enjoyed this little podcasting session with all three of you on a little afternoon jaunt in the podcast room? <laughs> <laughs> it's, been good. Yeah, it's been good. Yeah, it was average. <laughs> 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 uh, good on you, boys. Well done. The Crib Room series of podcasts are produced by Industry Link Media. Subscribe to podcasts via your audio platform and via industrylinkmedia.com. This is a Crib Room Podcast.